Every week, this podcast is brought to you by Bucket Nutrition. Great tasting, high performance nutrition to help you tick it before you kick it. Just go to bucketnutrition.com. Remember that it's bucket with an IT and use promo code bucket10 and you'll get a 10% discount on all Bucket Nutritional products. I've got some bucket shots that I'd love you to try. They're filled with B12 and New Zealand Manuka honey. All you've got to do is share your favorite break new ground story with me, something that you did that was new and bold. DM me on Instagram at Bucket Nutrition. I'll pick out my favorite story and then I'll send you some of these bucket shots to try. They're a great way to boost your immunity and of course, power your next adventure. I knew I couldn't go back. You just put it out there. She said you've got less than a year to live. Just dug even deeper. Luck is the residue of design. Nobody else was doing it, so why couldn't I? That was the turning point. Welcome to the Bucket Podcast with Phil Cogan. Every week I talk to mavericks, disruptors, and innovators. People who ditch the excuses swerve off the predictable road and epitomize what it means to ticket before you kick it. The bucket lifestyle is about learning how to live while you still have a chance, ticking all those things off your list that you've wanted to do in your life before you die. It's about saying bucket, swerving off that predictable road that you've been following for years, and then maybe steering off onto some strange bumpy path that might with just a bit of luck get you lost. It's about sharing experiences with other people that you know and then connecting with people that you don't know, beginning with yourself. I've heard some unbelievable excuses about why people are not living their ideal life. I'm sure you've come up with a few. I know I have. And they all sound perfectly reasonable, rational, and legitimate. And that's what makes them so nasty. So Bucket is about trying to get past all of those excuses, ditching those excuses, and ultimately moving your way around any obstacle so that you can choose the way you want to live your life. Bucket has eight steps to living the bucket lifestyle. The first thing you need to do is learn how to ditch the excuses. It's very easy to make excuses. We all know that. And once you've learned how to ditch the excuses, then you can start to look at how you follow the eight bucket themes. Learn how to face your fear, get lost, test your limits, take a leap of faith, shed your inhibitions, break new ground, and then aim for the heart. Another step is rediscover your childhood. So over the past year on the Bucket Podcast, I've met all kinds of people, innovators, entrepreneurs, mavericks, disruptors, people coming in to talk to me about their road to success and the pivotal moments that caused them to swerve off that predictable road I was talking about. My guests have included astronauts, National Geographic explorers, Olympians, investigative reporters who have reported from the front lines in war zones, cancer survivors, a Navy SEAL shark attack survivor, ultra-distance marathon swimmer and runner, big wave surfer who goes out every day and cheats death over and over, and even the world's most famous radio DJ. Remember what it was like to be a kid? Kids are designed to be alert, curious, imaginative, and adaptable. Most importantly, they know how to have fun along the way because there's no restrictions. Your mind is free, you don't have worries, and you just, you're just curious, inherently curious, like Curious George. Those are the skills that you need if you really wanna pursue a happy and fulfilling life. You gotta remember what it was like to be a child, to rediscover your childhood. Children, think about it. They dive headfirst into experiences with no fear, no judgment, their eyes wide open, observing, learning, absorbing. Changing your attitude starts with looking closer at the things that you see and the things that you do every day. 
just stop sometimes and really look at the world around you. Study and admire all the small details as if you're experiencing it for the first time. That's what kids do every day. Remember what it was like being a kid where you could just make anything happen? You'd go into the backyard with a cardboard box and suddenly you were on a space mission. You were working for NASA. You were on this rocket. It was all so real. And then we turn into adults and we forget what it's like to really use your imagination to achieve your wildest dreams. Those dreams are so important though. It's really a path to discovering all the things that we really want to do and making the extraordinary possible. For Matt Eisman, following in his dad's footsteps to become a doctor seemed like the natural thing to do. It's what everybody wanted him to do in his family. His dad was really happy being a doctor and so logically he thought, well, I could do the same thing. But little did Matt know that becoming a doctor was kind of the last thing he wanted to be doing. His calling was somewhere else. To give it a little context, I go to medical school, graduate, come back to Colorado where I'm, I'm practicing medicine at the University of, or I'm doing residency. I'm doing my training at the University of Colorado where my dad's a professor. Christmas day, we end up rounding together. So he's the attending physician, I'm his resident, and he couldn't have been, it's the greatest gift he probably ever could have gotten to have he his must son have been in heaven. following in his footsteps. Right. A month later, literally. a month, literally, right. Following in his footsteps, having to answer his questions. And the month later, I'm in the intensive care unit. We're getting slammed. We just had six admissions and I'm there with a second year student and they're like, just figure out what this patient needs. And so I'm sitting there trying to make life or death decisions and I know there's someone who's going to check my work, but I go, in six months, I'm going to be the person making these decisions. And it just hit me that I didn't feel, I didn't feel that I warranted that responsibility because I didn't feel committed enough. It was just this moment of, of when I left the hospital that morning, I knew I couldn't go back. I couldn't continue. I couldn't keep doing it because it was just this feeling of either something was gonna happen. It was the guilt, it was this guilt of pretending. Yeah. Pretending to be something and, and pretending to love something that I didn't, didn't love. It was a game-changing moment for Matt. He wanted to try something that he'd always wanted to do, something that he really loved, stand-up comedy. And he thought, you know what? It's now or never. Being a younger, Younger child, I was the one who always looked for attention. I'd never done anything really creative other than stand up a few times. And I thought, I just kind of felt like my whole life had been sports and school. And I thought, I want to explore a different side. His first performance was in front of 60 of his closest friends. And they were maybe a little bit tipsy. And he absolutely killed it. He crushed it. He thought, wow, this is really what I should be doing. I'm a great stand up. However, the second time he got on stage, he didn't have those 60 close friends and there was like total silence. He bombed. Now, for most people, they would think, okay, I bombed. I don't want to do this again. I'm going to pack it in. I'm not going to do this anymore. Maybe I'll go back and become a doctor just like my dad and my family wanted me to do. But no, Matt did the complete opposite. It, it became this thing that where it taught me the lesson of instead of thinking of quitting, I'm like, I have to get back on stage again. Right. I have to get this out of my mouth. And I think that's when you know you belong. When you're like, you don't take it. You're like, I'm not going to quit. It's I'm going to I'm, I'm going to get back on that horse. And that's exactly what he did. He got right back on that horse. Matt knew he had to do that. Matt is a TV host, cancer survivor, health advocate, 
and winner of the Celebrity Apprentice. He's also best known for being the host of NBC's American Ninja Warrior and the satirical sports show, Sports Soup. He's a regular cast member on the home makeover show, Clean House, and he's been an actor on the Drew Carey Show, NCIS, and General Hospital. Matt is also one hell of a stand-up comedian. True to the bucket life, Matt finds inspiration from watching the veterans from the Wounded Warriors Project compete on American Ninja Warrior. We've had Ninja. some Wounded Warriors on, a, a few of them. And, uh, you know, again, you, you, you tell these stories. Half the time now, I find myself saying, what's, what's your excuse? Yeah. What's your excuse for not pursuing your dream? What's your excuse for not going after something when this person who's been through something most of us could never imagine is out here putting themselves through something that, you know, this, this unbelievable, rigorous physical challenge. It's a good metaphor just to kind of see people um, sacrifice and, and to, to not make excuses. And I just remember saying, I never wanted to take this for granted that we're playing make-believe yeah. and we're getting paid way more money than we ever imagined. When you ask children what they want to do when they grow up, you'll hear them say things like, oh, I want to be a firefighter, a doctor, veterinarian. Well, for one of our Bucket Podcast guests, she wanted to fly into space. For Dr. Mae Jemison, ever since she was a little girl, she wanted to go into space. And then in 1992, she did just that. She was part of the Space Shuttle Endeavor crew and was also the first African-American female astronaut. She was a Star Trek fan, and this was her lifelong goal realized. It all started with a cold call to a receptionist at the Johnson Space Center, asking for an application to apply for their astronaut program. You know, the thing is, is you never know until you try. One of the things that I think that keeps people not uh, progressing and getting to where they want to be mm -hmm. is they're afraid someone may laugh at them, mm. right? Um, that, and so that, that, that fear keeps you from moving forward. And it's not that I've conquered all my fears about doing certain things, but it's really about how do you move forward? Mm. You have to sometimes risk things. People believed in May, but more importantly, May believed in herself. I chose my parents well. Yes. That's the first thing I did. Okay. And I was, um, they, were, they were very supportive of my curiosity. I was a third of three children, so my brother and sister, I used to hang out with them and their projects. I was pretty precocious, and they were very bright and doing really neat things. And so I was just, um, I had this freedom to, I've had all the books with the, you know, about space uh -huh. exploration. I was always looking stuff, but I was always doing science projects, but I wanted to be a dancer, for example. And I talked my mother into to making sure I had dance classes and I would go to those. I had art classes, all of these kinds of things. And I would tell people that I assume I'd go into space. And I had teachers who believed me. But during that time, there were no women astronauts in the United States. At just 16 years old, Jemison went to Stanford University and studied chemical engineering. Then after graduating med school, she managed the entire health program for the Peace Corps, working in Cambodian refugee camps and in West Africa. But this whole desire of becoming an astronaut just got stuck in her head. She knew she had to do it. We always have hope, yeah. right? And we have to have faith in ourselves that we have the ability to do this. So the one thing I always talk about is to don't just look at the obstacle. 
So sometimes we get stuck looking at the obstacle and trying to make it go away. I always say, what is it that you want? And then figure out how to get that. That obstacle might, that might have to hang out by itself, but I'm going to go over here on this other side right? I may have to do this a little bit differently, but I'm going to still get what I want. I used to keep the word purpose in front of my desk at NASA so that I knew why was I there? I was there because I wanted to go into space. That's the reason I was there. So whatever happens, what was my purpose? I wanted to go into space. What do I need to do to make sure that I go into space? As humans, we learn through experience. And so it's really important to be able to provide positive kinds of experiences and experiences that make us think and move forward. You know, not just telling folks stuff, but people also be ready to listen to you once they have an experience that tells them this is important. I look at the future, but I look at the past. I think it's all connected. And if we can make contributions that, you know, can I, can I leave the world a little bit better? than what I found it. There's something to be said for having a friend since childhood. They know you almost as well as you know yourself in some cases. For our next two Bucket Podcast guests, they epitomize rediscovering your childhood. They're up for anything. They're great friends and they just happen to be family too. So just days after the 9-11 attacks, two cousins and first-generation Americans from Afghanistan became targets at grade school. Their friends go from not knowing how to locate their country on the map to viciously calling them terrorists. For these two, their world literally changes overnight. But 12 years later, Leo and Jamal, with a great sense of humor, take on the name the Afghanimals. Their mission, to literally race around the world, not once but three times and crush stereotypes, educate people about their culture, and have some big laughs along the way. Leo Tamori and Jamal Zedran are famously known as the Afghanimals from three seasons of The Amazing Race. And on the show, they're seen as these fun, loving characters with lots of energy, and it all has to do with their upbringing. You know, it's the whole American dream. My dad left Afghanistan, went to Germany uh, for about 15 years. Um, Then when he came to America, he met my mom. And um, at that time, you know, it was very easy to go back and forth. There wasn't a lot of um, restrictions as there is now and then you know late 80s is when I when I come along and then um, being being born and raised in uh, Los Angeles was was fun was easy until of course September 11th then after that is when we got a lot of um, hate a lot of remarks in high school a lot of um, unnecessary comments but that's you know ignorant people not knowing any better uh, my parents they ended up uh immigrating here from Afghanistan as refugees during the Russian uh, invasion of Afghanistan in the late 80s. So they came here as refugees. Uh, Me and my younger brother were born in the States, but my other five siblings, so a total of seven siblings, were basically raised in Los Angeles, California. And part of the experience as far as for them to come here and see the struggles that they went through to raise a family of seven, nine, and just to sort of really take in as far as the what's at will as far as living that freedom and having that freedom here in the states i think that's what motivated us as you know young afghani americans growing up and knowing that the motivation part aspect was there as far as you know just making sure that we're successful we have this opportunity in the states that you know if we're back in afghanistan who knows what we would have been doing or if we would be alive 
and you know, that's one thing that I'm very grateful for is just having that opportunity of living in the States. It definitely, um, it's a testament to how we were raised, I guess, you know, like we were raised to have fun, to not really care what other people say about us or look about how they look at us. Um, you know, it's life is short, you know, there's, it's, it's too little to, uh, to give up, you know, if you're just relying on what people say. So we definitely wanted to make, make a statement and show that, you know, Afghans, people from Afghanistan, regardless of where you're from in the world, you know, you can't stereotype someone. So we wanted to make sure that we set a good example for, um, you know, people from Afghanistan and, you know, even though we weren't born there, we definitely wore it proud and we did call ourselves Afghanimals because we just wanted to have fun and be respectful and run the race and uh, w w with my cousin and just have a great time. People don't know that people from Afghanistan are very hospitable. They're very caring. They're very giving. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter if you're American, you could be German, wherever part of the world that you're at. If you come and visit a local uh, Afghan in Afghanistan, they'll take you in. You know, that's part of their local um, tribes. It's like a like a Ten Commandments for them as far as when you have any kind of foreigner that comes in your house or within your place you have to take care of them you have to make sure that they're fed before you're fed you have to make sure that it's just that hospitality that they have that people i think don't really see that because all they see is war all they see is fighting all they mm -hmm. see is what you see on the news but until you really read a true meet a true afghan um they're fun i mean just like leo and i i mean we like to have fun we're, we're, i mean it's 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 a it's a situation unfortunately that I remember growing up, I was in ninth grade, the first day of school, people would ask where you're from, and I would say Afghanistan. No one had no idea. This is back in 2001, um, right before 9-11. And then the next day when 9-11 happened, they're like, oh, oh, you're from Afghanistan. That's, you're the terrorist. So, so it's a matter of days as far as people not knowing where the heck Afghanistan was on the world map, and then after the fact, you know, portraying Afghanistan as terrorists, which is not true. It, it was a little tough because, you know, being kids in high school, you know, um, you didn't know any better. You know, we're just in high school. We're like, you know, it's not we're not adults yet. We're not in the, we're not thrown in the world yet. And then to go from one day, as Jamal said, not and not anyone knowing where Afghanistan was on the map or what what it, what it was, if it was a country or if it was a food dish or what, <laughs> till the next day, all of a sudden people calling you terrorists. Like someone in my yearbook wrote terrorist, you know, like who I thought was my friend. How, I and mean, I didn't, and at that time I didn't even know what was going on. I'm like, what terror, like terrorism? Like, what is this? It doesn't make any sense. I didn't even know how to defend myself because it would just happen so fast. And all of a sudden, just by looking the way we looked, boom, you're a terrorist. What a lot of people might not know is that Jamal did four tours in Afghanistan with the Marine Special Operations back in 2009 to 2012. I mean, that I think was the most humbling experience for me was to go out there and get to see life outside of America. You know, and especially having my roots being from Afghanistan, I got a chance to go back and see what life was like, you know, back from my roots. Fans of The Amazing Race since they were kids, both Jamal and Leo wanted to get on the show. Not many people could say that they got a chance to experience The Amazing Race you know, just one time. One but for time. us, I mean, it wasn't a, an opportunity of a lifetime. For us, it happened in three lifetimes. I mean, we got a chance to race three times, which is unheard of. One of very few selected teams to do that. And, mm -hmm. you know, we, we knew what was at stake. And, you know, I felt like that was a blessing, you know, just to get a chance to do it with your cousin, your best friend growing up and being teenagers, looking, watching the show and saying that one day we're going to apply on this show and we're going to get 
you know, on there, whatever happens. We turn 18, we're like, all right, let's apply now. And then we're like, you know, we don't have any kind of life experience. We're not going to get picked. So he went on to USC. I went over to Afghanistan, came back, and we're like, all right, there are open casting calls. Let's do it now. Well, now we have a life experience. We made a heck of a video audition uh, tape, and the rest was history. I mean, for The Amazing Race to not just cast us once but three times, that really shows the diversity and the ability for them to take a risk on us. You know, I mean, the safest bet was to go pick people that are, you know, the, your mo more common, you know, people that you will see in the U.S. But for us, I mean, for us to get casted <laughs> with beards and chest hair growing like there's no other. But, I mean, for us to be on there three times, it, it's, it's a show that exemplifies diversity, you know, not just from the cast that they, you know, or the contestants, but where they travel. They take risks. They go to different countries that are out of the norm, even though the security situations may not be as safe. But they want to show that that certain country that we visit is not just what you see on TV. You know, it can still be safe. They still have good cultural customs that are pretty unique to us and that I think it's a, it's a fun experience. Yeah. For Matt, May, Leo, and Jamal, they've remained curious, imaginative, and adaptable. And they've been able to live a life beyond their wildest dreams. Rediscovering your childhood is a great way towards living a bucket lifestyle. In future episodes, I'm gonna tell you about what it's like to shed your inhibitions. I believe that finding ways to express yourself creatively and passionately can be as exhilarating and freeing as any physical adventure you can have. Don't forget to go to bucketnutrition.com. That's bucket with an IT. Use promo code 10 for a 10% discount on all Bucket Nutritional products. And I also have some bucket shots for you filled with B12 and New Zealand Manuka honey. Just tell me when you broke new ground, when you did something new and different. DM me on Instagram at Bucket Nutrition. I'll pick out my favorite story and I'll send you some bucket boosters to try.